0: we are listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 4444 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined this week by Seth Miller. How you doing? Howdy. It's, it's the new triple four. The new triple four. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> All Huber, huge here's potential in China, I hear. Yes, yes, huge. Um, In speaking of China, Air India. Wow, we
1: actually had a non sequitur we didn't play on. That's weird. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes.
0: Uh, Air India is taking 55 maxes that were originally going to go to China.
1: Yeah, that's what it seems. So we've talked about this a little bit in the past of, right, there's like a couple hundred max planes that are built for China pre slash during the pandemic and with the grounding and all that stuff. And, and despite most of the approvals having come through and the the MAX being back in service in China again, right, I think we said a couple of weeks ago someone was saying like 80 to 90% of those planes are flying again. Uh, new deliveries aren't happening. Mm. And so without those new deliveries going to the Chinese airlines for which they were originally built, Boeing has, been, has had this collection of a couple hundred-ish sort of trying to find out something they can do with them. And I guess... I, the time is a blur. I don't know how long anything happened anymore. Uh, a while ago, they Boeing indicated they were going to start trying to market them to other airlines, and a few of them sold, and they sort of brought them in, repainted them, maybe did some stuff on the uh, interiors depending on how far along the planes were, and sold them onward, and then sort of stopped doing that, because I guess they got optimistic that the China stuff was going to take back off and they were going to need these planes to be able to deliver quickly. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to Air India wanted a bunch of planes and order it fast, and Boeing said, hey, lucky you we actually have a you know few dozen already built so it won't take us that long to get the software updated and make a few other tweaks to them and you know run them through a paid shop and we can just drop them off on to you and so yeah. that seems to be uh, the plan now now you'll recall Air India placed that massive order of like the whole new fleet wide bodies single aisles uh Airbus and Boeing. This is going to help them get some of those delivered more quickly.
0: I mean, it's it's nice for Air India for sure.
1: Yeah, you and one, one might assume they even got a little bit of a discount for taking planes that right. you know didn't have another purpose.
0: I mean, what? I, I have a few questions. So, what is keeping China from taking the deliveries? Is it just a logistics thing, or is it a political thing? Like, what's
1: what's going on there? One would assume politics at this point. Yeah um just just you, like you might not have noticed but the u.s and china don't have that great of a relationship in general and from an aviation perspective it's really
0: yeah i was just wondering more of like you know you would think that the chinese airlines would want to you know push to get their planes because they, they need the capacity i mean chinese travel is back um you know so it yeah
1: anyway well yes and no and sorry that was me just being a sarcastic obnoxious jerk so i, I know you know <laughs> um there was an interesting story in the Wall Street Journal, I think, last Friday, suggesting that, and I think it's probably a little too aggressive in claiming that there's been a decoupling of the U.S. or Western world and China, but suggesting that the travel, inbound travel to China has not resumed at nearly the same pace as elsewhere. Mm, okay. And, you know, my, it's hard to know if that's because China requires visas for everybody and they stopped processing them for a while and now... You know, much like with getting a passport in the United States, where the backlog is just stupid, uh, right? If you need to get a visa for China, are they backed up because everybody who didn't get them for three years is now all of a sudden trying to get them at the same time? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, or is it something else? Also, getting a Chinese visa is a pain in the ass. Yes. Um,
0: you just you just transit without visa. That's the easy answer.
1: And then don't take your onward connecting flight and stick around for a while? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, definitely sounds like a legit play.
0: I mean, that they won't catch
1: that at all. Um, anyway. You're um, making fun of another person, and we don't recommend that. No, don't, please don't do that if you're a listener. Uh,
0: also, I saw, speaking of which, okay, things that you should not do. There was a, someone on YouTube posted a video of them, here's how to get into an airline lounge uh, without having airline lounge access. And they said, wait till it's a little crowded, and then just walk in. Sure, that may work. And he shows himself walking around, taking a shower at the Polaris Lounge in Chicago. Um, I, don't do this. Please don't do this. It creates, because what happens is these people who create these videos, people seem to think they're entitled to do these things. And then they create headaches and problems for the agents who tell them, no, you don't actually have access to do this. You can't do this. And the people lose their minds, well, I saw someone on YouTube do it. And it, it just turns into a whole thing. So please don't do this. And you're not allowed to do it. It's technically illegal. You're stealing. Don't do it.
1: Just running an airline, man. What's the big deal?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, Connect Airlines is still working on their certification and got an investment from American.
1: Well, it's not final yet, but um, oh, down. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. The 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 sorry, the certification stuff is that most recently they just had to apply for an extension on the timeline because they're not going to make some. Deadline that has been set by the FAA. Okay, um, and so that's fine. Uh, in the in the letter they sent to the FAA about that, they had to uh, explain that they still have enough money to continue their pre-certification operations, mm-hmm. and also that they have enough money to actually take off when they finally do get certified. Yeah, certified. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. The, the FAA, in addition to ensuring airworthiness, also ensures financial s- security for. I think they want to make sure you have enough money to run for the first three months at least. Uh, And then after that, you know, all hell breaks loose. But so among other things, uh, connect indicated they had just uh, issued another, just over a million dollar safe investment package, which is a acronym that means something important that I've never quite figured out, but it's a relatively uh, it's a typical sort of startup investment equity sort of thing that I think, becomes uh, equity as Stop. the company moves forward. Yep. Um, former senior vice president from JetBlue is on that investor list, so that's an interesting little nugget. But on top of that, they noted that once their certi- uh once the certificate is issued, the company expects to run a Series B financing round for approximately forty million dollars. And as part of that round, the Major commercial airline, or the major airline with which they have commercial relationship to run uh, flights is going to take an equity stake and grow that equity stake over the next three years. Interesting. So since American is that major commercial airline, it would seem to be a reasonable conclusion that they're saying American is going to take this investment position.
0: Do Do you think, I mean, so we've got all this stuff with JetBlue and American. Pulling pan- falling apart. Yeah. And part of the reason it's fallen apart is that they found that the 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 actual agreement between the airlines and what they were trying to do wasn't completely kosher, right? Um American though is trying to build up JFK in a way. Not that, really. Well that but that's what they were trying to do with JetBlue, right? They were yeah. trying to use JetBlue to, to build JFK. Do you think we're really going to see Q400s come to JFK? No. This happens. So, what does Americans play here? Then?
1: It's not JFK, is it? Philly, yeah. Philly, Boston, Baltimore, Chicago. But why Baltimore? Like, where okay. did they get? Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken on Baltimore. They they had a list of Air Force they were going to serve as like their first round, and then sort of a secondary set that were going to be added on. It was okay. Okay. So it's it is going to become a sort of uh, just another Eagle but not branded as such regional operator but also going to have the opportunity to run some of their own flights and where if there are markets that have demand that they can serve and sort of also put an American code share on it that's great but it's it's hard to tell if it's only going to be operating as American or if it's going to have a little bit of uh, independence and then have American as a code share does that make sense? I don't know if it's a complete capacity purchase agreement where American just says we're going to buy out your plane or if it's more like a code share. And uh, they cooperate on which markets get served instead of American dictating it. Which, yeah, it's the whole thing is interesting. Um, The other financial part of it that just worth mentioning is the company has also noted Connect Airlines has committed itself to being zero emissions relatively quickly through hydrogen. Okay. Fuel cell powering their planes, And so they've applied for two, uh, a grant and a loan, both from the Department of Energy as part of sort of different groups to make that a reality and are saying that they expect the grant funding would help build out the, the uh, hydrogen production transmission storage infrastructure across the mid-Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And so they wouldn't have to invest any money in that and also that the loans would likely cover the acquisition and conversion of all the aircraft at a very low interest rate.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So, in no guarantees those come through, but if they did, uh that could significantly bias their cost of uh operations.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, it's a neat concept and an interesting way to finance it. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, go back to Max real quick. Yeah. Because while we were talking, an email came in, and I know we had talked about the Max Seven a little bit last week, and how the certification process was ongoing. Um, and we talked when we were talking about it last week. There a me- we mentioned, or maybe it was offline in a different conversation about how Boeing is already applying for exemptions from certification rules. Yeah, plane that doesn't exist yet. I think we have, I think we uh, we had talked about it offline. Yeah, yeah. So there's a filing that came through uh, this morning, Monday morning. Uh, the Boeing company is petitioning for a temporary exemption from the affected sections of 14 CFR until March 1st, 2027 to allow it time to incorporate necessary design changements for the stall management yaw damper on the model 737-7 airplane. Hmm. End quote. Hmm. Uh, that, cool. Yeah, you guys nailed it. Um, it's not clear to me if that rule changed after Boeing started or Boeing, whatever, but Uh, Yes, the purpose of this notice is to improve the public's awareness of and participation in the FAA's exemption process. Well, thank you, Bowen. Yeah, that'll be published in the Federal Register, I think, tomorrow on Tuesday. Wow. Good times. Uh,
0: Speaking of follow-up, we actually, before we get to the next topic, which was loosely tied into the previous topic. um, (laughs) So, Tony uh, had left a comment asking this question. We talked about Phoenix to Tijuana on Americans New Service. Yeah. Uh, and his question was, even if there was a ticket sold as a ticket to California somehow, so if they sold it as Phoenix to Southern Cal, right. it would only be a problem, right, for Cabotage if the Mexican airline were doing it, correct?
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's I, I think it's a great point, Tony. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's only you. if the foreign
1: airline is the
0: one operating the service. So
1: Yeah, but I would imagine Mexico wouldn't take too lightly to the U.S. selling a point-to-point ticket through Mexico.
0: Yeah yeah that's true and calling it southern california um tell me about uh well don't tell me about it so aa has abandoned it seems jfk to doha
1: yeah they zeroed it out they've moved they've
0: announced it they're moving it it's a it's a big shift um everyone i think at first thought they were just killing it killing the route completely turns out
1: (laughs) (laughs) not an unreasonable take but Right, that's a, it's a route that has a lot of onward connection traffic. Yeah, on the on the Doha side. Yep. Yeah. Um, but instead, they're moving it to Philly. Well, that's you know their trans, their primary transatlantic gateway.
0: So, and they have more connections at Philly than they do at JFK.
1: I feel like probably more even before you took the JetBlue situation into account. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I think it's a, it makes it from a logical perspective. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, you mentioned offline that you thought maybe Tel Aviv would move to Philly.
1: Well, I don't I don't see that. So here's the question is how much of and I don't know the answer. I mean, there may be a way I can look it up in Serium, but um, I don't know how much of it is local demand versus connecting traffic. And so if it's local, then, yeah, you you would keep it local. But you've also got the double LL. You've got United out of Newark, Double Daily, and you've got uh, Delta flying that route. New York to fatality yeah. if, yep. and they did, I want to say they briefly ran it from Philly pre COVID. Maybe not, but I thought they did. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to say this is our primary transatlantic gateway. We need to, and they're going to start sort of expanding that level of, uh, operations. Remember, you know, the, uh, the, Build up at jfk was in part because they had to show growth of capacity or the northeast alliance would be terminated because it wasn't beneficial to consumers that was part of mm-hmm. their uh, agreement with the doj or uh, the dot when it was approved and so never mind the fact that then it finally got killed off um but there was that idea yeah. So I think a lot... And so they forced growth at JFK that didn't necessarily need to be there. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Tel Aviv route operated from 2009 to 2016 out of Philly, including... And that includes a year after the merger um, or the last year after American and U.S. Airways merged, but it did end in 2016. Okay. Um, But yeah, so they, they definitely forced growth at JFK that probably didn't need to be there based in part on having better connections from JetBlue. And also remember that there was a line in the lawsuit or in the ruling that basically was like, yes, remember when they said they were going to like bill each other for growth and loss wherever it happened and make sure that they were sort of cooperating on the numbers. Um when JetBlue owed American like two hundred million dollars mm-hmm. for a growth that American put into play that JetBlue wasn't feeding enough or something like that. Yeah. And uh Yeah, and waived 90% of it demonstrating that they were not in fact treating it like a real relationship and that's part of why they lost the lawsuit but if they no longer have JetBlue sort of helping fund that it goes bye-bye and they'll move it back to Philly where they can actually have way better connection banks for their own operations yeah
0: yeah yeah it's I mean it's to me the JFK Tel Aviv flight just makes sense because of there's a large Jewish population in New York um so that that that's my, like, anecdotal over, overview take on it. Sure. But I see what you mean. Like, moving it to Philly would make some sense from a connecting flow perspective and people who, there's there's enough of a population in the New York, Philadelphia area to feed an O&D traffic-type situation,
1: too. Yeah, and I, there's uh there are some reports in uh Cerium DO that I can pull up that have, like, connecting flow and how much of traffic is local or not, but I think it's only for domestic routes. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. Well, that's okay. Or I don't know how to use sharing very well. Also, entirely true. Yeah. But um,
0: Let's see here. Next up, oh, and I, I want to say, like in the bonus show, we're going to talk a little bit more about American and some rumors and not rumors. So, if you're a Patreon subscriber, stick around for that. Um, Bermude Air. We talked about them a little bit uh, maybe last week, the week before, and they are planning to
1: start some new service. Surprising it, places. This is a fun one. So this is a... I'm not sure when we talked about them last. I feel like it was a while ago, but... Um, yeah, I can't remember. They are looking to launch service between Bermuda and the United States on Ember 175s Yeah, with 30 seats. 30. 30. So it's going to be a very premium configuration. They're going to fly six days a week to Westchester, White Plains, mm-hmm. HPN, depending on your jam. Uh, and then uh, service also to Bermuda and Boston. And I think those are split three and three, if I remember correctly. So or no, I'm it, sorry, each of them gets six days a week and, and Westchester gets double daily.
0: So I don't understand. It's an E-170, right? But they're marketing it as an E-175.
1: No, that's uh the E170-200 STD is Embraer's designation mm. and that's what we in the normal world call a 170. Okay, okay. Thanks. Um but yeah, though I I want to say this happened and I mean it's happening now. They're they're tar- they just got their Bermuda operating certificate. They had previously applied for rights to fly to the United States under the US-UK Open Skies agreement and it's one of those things that was sort of as soon as we get our certificate we'll give it to you and then you have to approve us right away because obviously this is fine um, and they're mostly right about that What? how quickly the DOT actually acts remains to be seen but they want to launch service as soon as August 25th which is very quickly hmm wow
0: I mean that that's kind of a I mean I think it's an interesting way of serving the market like they see they see there's demand from New York Boston areas and they're like Hey, let's just do it with a premium config on a plane. The economics of it, I wonder about, because we've talked about on the show, the economics of the E-170s, the E-170 family, isn't great. Like on...
1: Um, it's, it's better on shorter flights, and those are pretty short flights. True, true.
0: Yeah, how, I'm going to look up real quick, Bermuda to Fort Lauderdale. Is,
1: it's got to be like two hours max. Yeah, it's a thousand miles, so yeah, about two, two and a half, maybe a lot time, um... There was something... Uh, and I'm trying to find it. I can't right now. Um, one of the questions that came up was, how are they going to get enough golf clubs on board? <laughs> well, if you only got 30 seats, you can designate a whole ro- couple of rows for it. <laughs> Take up some of your leg room? Yeah. Um, no, nah, I can't find that comment. I, I don't remember when it happened. But, um, yeah, that was one of the things that came up in one of the conversations. Not recently, but... Yeah, know, for a premium type operation, like you gotta have the ability to actually cater to those people, and as of right now, that seems to be uh, less great. Yeah, yeah. At aircraft size, it's
0: fascinating. I, I mean, are you gonna try and get one of these out of Boston?
1: Oh yeah, I got. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's hurricane season now, so maybe not then. But yeah. the other thing I'll put out there is, uh, in terms of sort of airline and management experience, Mark Bergsgood. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever said his last name correctly. Formerly of Continental and Northwest, prior to that it turns out. Um, he was this SVP at Continental for like 18 years. Uh, he's their new chief commercial officer. So he's they, they've got some real folks behind the team there helping put this together. Yeah. Yep. Um, what I will say is it doesn't seem like there's a huge growth opportunity after you pick up Fort Lauderdale, Boston, and White Plains to Bermuda, like maybe you could get something premium out of the DC area. Yeah,
0: I could see that. Or yeah, I was thinking like you could do Dulles. uh,
1: Yeah, historic. You can even do DCA if you get slots, but they won't. Um, Historically, uh, U.S. Airways did operate Bermuda flights uh, to the U.S. at one point.
0: What about? I mean, I guess you could do Charlotte as well, and probably could do decent out of there.
1: This is like I don't know how strong those markets would be or philly like why not philly i'm not sure how strong that market is and you're doing this standalone so you got to find you know like maybe a couple times a week the other thing is like how do you you target folks going for week-long time shares or do you target a more right that's sort of you do friday saturday sunday service kind of thing or do you take daily 6x weekly kind of operations that's a much more Normal, trying to get a mix of leisure and business customers. Yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I don't remember what other markets Bermuda's ever had service to the United States from. That's the other, like, interesting question, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think they would want to compete at JFK or Newark, right?
0: I don't, yeah, think so. Um, could they? There's pre-clearance in Bermuda though, right?
1: Correct. So you can basically fly anywhere. Yeah, American and before U.S. Airways did fly DCA Bermuda. Um, at in the late 20 teens, and I think U.S. before that, JFK has had service, Miami's had service, Philly, JetBlue from Boston and JFK.
0: So couldn't you technically do Laguardia?
1: Yeah. If you can I mean, get that slots. Yeah, I mean, if they could get a slot at Laguardia, I could see them doing that. Yeah, Delta has had Atlanta, Atlanta and Boston service over the years, and JFK as well. I mean, if you want to go way back, Air. That's funny. Uh, the Airtran. Uh, sign has been reassigned, call sign is FL has been reassigned, but AirTran used to have a BWI service. Huh? Northwest had LaGuardia for a hot second in, 29th, in 2009. Huh. Uh, Aura Airlines? That can't be right. Don't know that name. Are you familiar with the call sign U5? No. Okay. Yeah, it's changed several times. Um, USA 3000. There you go.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that brings back some memories.
1: <laughs>
0: You're welcome. Um, so some follow-up too, just more follow-up since we're doing follow-up in the middle of the show now apparently. Um, uh, so uh Jason Rabinowitz, who's been on the show before, posted yeah. on Twitter that the um or X or whatever it's called this week. Uh the 767 that was struck by hail. Um, the Delta one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is actually being ferried back to to Atlanta right now.
1: Delta cabops man.
0: Yep, they went over there, fixed it up, and uh, got it out.
1: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah,
0: That was a lot of damage on that plane. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Avello. Oh. Yeah, they're going to San Juan. Poor Rico. Yeah. Pico. From New Haven. That. I mean, it makes sense. It, I I think from uh, a leisure destination, it, it makes sense yeah kids kids want to get out of the get out of school and go to to puerto rico i get that um yeah it's crazy
1: um interesting on it i would say is the uh that runway is still pretty short and so how full is that plane going to be able to be getting off the ground there yep um and i imagine they're using a 737-700 since they do better on the short runways rather than the 800 for the lot longer flight so still limited capacity but yeah Um, The other bit is there's competition up the road at Bradley. Hmm. So, again, you know, interesting to see how much they're able to pull away from that. They've done a pretty impressive job of late building up that New Haven operation, though. So, yeah, we'll see. They also big new route announcements expected later this week. So we'll probably talk about them again next week on the show. I mean, are you embargoed? I'm guessing. No, I don't even have it. I
0: just know that it's coming. Okay, gotcha um let's talk about purdue. purdue purdue university which has a actually for people who don't know has a flight school Um uh, there's an aeronautic school and flight school there a big, um,
1: like a big program
0: yeah very big program I have, I have a friend of mine that came out of it um yeah. and uh they're building a new terminal at the airport in lafayette indiana technically west lafayette but i'll let it slide
1: <laughs> thank you wow well, this is an interesting one they want to get commercial service I think, that's, I think that's really cool. I think there's a need for it. They're an hour up the road from Indianapolis. I assume that's where most people are going to Purdue fly in and out of on the regular. Yep. Um, what's interesting to me is they're going to knock down a hangar and put up a new terminal building. They're going to build some short-term parking. They're going to do these things. They don't have an airline lined up yet, um, but they're building it to TSA and FAA spec so that they can. Uh, and they're going to have it done in a year. Wow. So, so, yeah, they're <laughs> like... I'm guessing it's not going to be super fancy inside, but like put up some walls, put up a, you know, security screening checkpoint and put up a jet bridge or maybe just walk off the ramp. I don't know. But yeah, they're doing it, you know, sort of quick and relatively inexpensive to try to see if they can get commercial service there, which I think is, uh, you know, Indianapolis is a gorgeous airport and all those things and not too overcrowded yet. But if you can find service from smaller reliever airports, that's going to always be a good growth opportunity for you know an a Velo or an allegiant or something like that
0: yeah i think i mean it's it's interesting i mean breeze, for breeze would make sense yeah I, I think west lafayette like it's So my dad is from nearby uh, i won't say the town name or anything but he's he's from nearby um it's a it's a weird place because there's i-65 kind of going from indianapolis up through lafayette and then it goes up into gary indiana um and it's, it's kind of halfway point. It's it's in a weird spot. Like the drive from Chicago isn't terrible. Um, it's getting out of Chicago. And then the drive from Indianapolis isn't really terrible. It's just very boring. Um, and having a nonstop service or to somewhere um, out of Lafayette, it, even if it's a leisure destination, yeah, um, would be, I think, I think there would be a lot of people would be interested in it, especially the kids at the yeah. school. Yeah. So.
1: And, you know, that, that's the sort of market that I could see the small community air service development grants giving them a million bucks if the, you know, the school puts up a half million of in-kind promotion, yada, 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 and marketing support, waiving of fees. And then they get, you know, similar from the feds, you could get an airline to show up for a year or two and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. And having the flight school there, I think there's there's a lot of potential, like you could partner with the school, um, things like that. I, I think sure. it's, a cool, it's a cool idea
1: education to work and you know job flow kind of thing yeah
0: yeah exactly um azores airlines or azores air now um they're bringing back uh, their transatlantic service to the portuguese mainland
1: yeah so they previously ran it in 2017 uh and then stopped starting next summer so summer of 2024 once a week they will fly to boston jfk and toronto See, they'll fly once to each of those on like a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I forget which order they go in. Uh, from Porto on the north hmm. of the mainland. Wow. So uh, Porto has had historically service to uh, Newark, mm-hmm. right? United has run that. Yep. I'm not sure what other markets it's served. Um, I think I guess the Toronto service since you know it's coming back. We we know that, but
0: I I mean it's it's nice to have the service. I. I wonder if they've just not had the demand into the Azores as they expected. Um potentially.
1: Well, they're keeping all the Azores traffic. I guess they're getting more planes. And they got plan. um, yeah, yeah. 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 Toronto's had service. Air Canada's actually had service to Toronto uh from Porto to uh Toronto as well.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: It's interesting. I mean and United has the Newark service. Yeah. Uh Tap has also had Newark service from Porto um over the year yeah even this year that tap is flying it yeah they they had mentioned they were going to try something
0: else uh but i don't think they ever actually did it they had talked about what the town in the south of portugal is it faro, faro? yeah they had talked about doing it i know that's like a big uh beach destination I yeah mean, i don't think they ever did anything with it so
1: yeah transat has run it to toronto as well um this is you know not a small market, but uh, in terms of there's, you know, will be some competition. But uh, cool, Transat to Montreal also. Yeah, um, just real
0: kind of in passing. I, I don't, I don't think we need to talk about it a lot, but I think what there was an interesting article from the ATSB, which is the Australian Transportation Safety Board. Um, there was a plane, um, I believe. Let me bring it up here. There was a a flight from Auckland to Sydney on uh, a Qantas 737-8, and uh, it had had an, an engine failure um, about halfway through uh, the, the Trans-Tasman flight. Um, they, they declared a mayday, um, and th- this this article just kind of goes through the decision-making process. So they were actually closer to a diversion point called Norfolk Island um, than Sydney or Auckland, and it would have made sense for them uh, to go to Norfolk Island. But the the article talks about why they didn't make that decision. And there's a lot of stuff that that goes into that decision that the pilots, they made the right choice. Um, And so I just thought it was an interesting article to pass on to to folks and let them uh, read it. I think it's just interesting. It's a quick read, like five minutes. So
1: I will give that a read. Yeah.
0: Um, I think that's a show. We're going to talk about some stuff in the bonus episode, including an update from Global Airlines, because I'm sure you love talking about them. I'm really Uh, excited for this. (laughs) Uh, A bunch of stuff on Jet Blueprint here, um, an Allegiant um, Cafe, a little bit of news there, and uh, a loose bear in the cargo hold. We'll talk about that. Um, So for our Patreon subscribers, stick around. We'll talk to you then. Uh, For everyone else, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Leave a comment. Uh, Happy travels. Bye-bye.
1: Take care.